You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, guys. How's everyone doing? Locked On Browns, episode 153. Uh, like I said here, this is a stalemate, obviously, you know, with the two-week break to the Super Bowl, but it is Senior Bowl. Senior we had Pete Smith on last night. Obviously, Pete gave us his insights. Uh, I was going to bring Pete back tonight. I messaged him today. Was there much of a change? And Pete's like, nah, not really. So let's get a fresh voice, a fresh set of eyes. Another one of my favorite guys this week is down in Mobile, uh, Mr. James Coburn. James, first off, uh, the experience. Uh, I know you've been there you know, all three days. Uh, you know, and obviously, now this is a carryover from you from uh, Shrine Game last week in Florida to this this week. Uh, obviously, a little bit bigger experience, a little bit bigger prospects. Uh, you know, but overall, it's a college all-star game. But what's the vibe been down in Mobile this week? How have you enjoyed it? Uh, the vibe, the vibe's been diff- uh, very different than the Shrine Game. You know, the Shrine Game is is kind of like it's kind of a family atmosphere. You know, people saying hi, what's up, how's your family, that kind of thing. Uh, the Senior Bowl is more, you know, like golf claps in the stands. You know, just very kind of uh, a little bit uptight, and only because everybody's here like i ran into jerry jones uh you know uh arthur blank like just everybody you could think of owners gms coaches is here so you know at the shrine game you might have a couple coaches a couple owners and stuff like that at the shrine game but at this event you have all the higher ups like all the big dogs are here and because of that people just you know they People just act a little bit more uptight, I guess, is, is kind of the vibe here. But it's still fun, uh, definitely the players here. Uh, the intensity is also a little bit more intense here when it comes to the players that are there because they understand uh, the people that are watching them. Uh, you know, when you have a guy like Josh Allen, for example, who's playing and he sees John Elway, that's a guy that might ultimately draft him, you know, uh, in ter- on top of every other GM that's there. So it definitely brings another level of uh, intensity and pressure uh, which you can definitely see in how the football players play and, of course, how uh, the scouts and other sort of people around uh, the area kind of act in- accordingly uh, in terms of uh, how this week goes. Uh, uh, yeah, and that was you know kind of what Pete said. And, you know, it, it is, it, it's kind of funny that a you know, place like Mobile becomes such a – I mean, obviously Alabama football is huge, but almost becomes you know, like a, a pro football hub for this one week. Uh, you know, and you know, most everybody is either at the airport now or will be at the airport by tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, I saw your comments on the South practice today. I did receive a text about the South practice that said this practice is more hungover than I am. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> everybody was standing around and walkthrough was trying to be put in. Um, but the headliner, obviously, of the week, and you know, it, it, you know, if you follow it on, you know, obviously on the NFL Network like I've been doing, or you know, you follow it through you know social media and see what everybody's saying. Uh, I think there's only two guys that there, but uh, you know the rumor is there's another 80 players there. But uh, it's you know Baker Mayfield, it's Josh Allen, and obviously things worked out okay for Baker Mayfield. Hopefully, you know with his mom that he's been able to put in you know every practice to this point because everybody wanted to see two good quarterbacks up against each other. Uh, you know Baker, you know look, you know everything he's done you know shows very well. Josh Allen, he seems to be a media media driven type of guy that's being forced down our throats. How have each one of these guys looked between the lines this week? Well, when it comes to Josh Allen, the only thing I can say is the first two practices, he just did not look that great. Uh, he was basically accuracy was all over the place, overthrowing guys, balls were either high, uh, had a couple interceptions here and there. 
today was the first day that he actually had some pretty good drills in terms of red zone drills. He was able to fit the ball into some pretty tight areas. Uh, and, you know, he has a big arm. I mean, he is as advertised. He's six foot five, he's 240 pounds. He looks every bit of it. He has a really, really strong arm, at least in, in terms of a lot of the reports uh, from Twitter and some other areas is that he threw like 66 miles per hour, which, you know, once he goes to the combine, we'll actually know if that's confirmed or not. But, you know, which was he outlandish. That is the fastest football thrown in history. <laughs> exactly. If that if that shows up at the combine, definitely. And, you know, again, but but that plays into some of the issues is that maybe his arm strength is a little too much. You know, a little too uncontrollable uh, during the week. And, and again, this was by far his best practice today, at least on Thursday. Uh, but Tuesday and Wednesday was just all over the place. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, the first day he showed up, he was a little rusty too. And again, this is a guy that uh, def, you know went to go see his mother and then came here and you know flew straight here, got onto. Uh, I think a lot of people are asking, you know, did he do his measurements and stuff? He didn't even do that. He got off the plane and went straight to the practice field. So, um, you know, he's a guy that. Uh, was a little bit rusty Tuesday as well, which, I mean, considering the circumstances, you know, having to get off a plane and then drive and then show up to practice and then boom, um, definitely a little bit rusty. But he's another guy that has been fairly consistent this week, made some awesome throws on Tuesday. His best practice easily was Wednesday. Today was decent, you know, compete with Josh Allen. Uh, in terms of who's a better quarterback, I mean, to me, it's Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's just more consistently accurate, throws a more catchable football. Yeah, he doesn't throw 66 miles per hour, but again, how much, how much arm strength do you really need? You know, like sometimes it's a little too much, and I think that's the only sort of thing with Josh Allen is that uh, it might be a little too much arm strength. You know, again, arm strength is great, but maybe a little too much you know, arm strength with him for whatever reason. It's kind of maybe if he had like a injury or something, it might take a little bit off and he might be a little bit better. I hate to say that, but he's one of those guys that that might, that might be a good thing possibly is to take a little bit, a little bit of zip off his passes because it's just really difficult to catch passes. Man, A lot of times, you know, they say, Oh, drop passes. But sometimes again, you're a wide receiver having to catch a six, six mile per hour football. It gets kind of annoying after a while. You know what I mean? Like to, to have to deal with that. So it, it it's kind of a, 50-50 thing, at least with me, in, in terms of Josh Allen and wide receivers having to catch that thing. Well, and that's the other thing, which people don't really want, you know, do, do, maybe don't understand. You know, Baker Mayfield can be inaccurate, maybe can throw it to a back hip, can throw it to a back shoulder. It's a lot easier to catch that ball when it's not a straight-up missile. I mean, you, you have a little more time to react to it and just to it to actually make the catch. You know, I remember this, you know, I played with a kid in college, and he was never a starting quarterback. He had the strongest arm of everybody. And we'd be out there in the pouring rain, and he would drill every ball, and he would get pouty because balls weren't being dropped. And we'd be like, dude, just chill. If you want me to catch it, don't drill every ball because you're not accurate. So if I'm going to catch it on my back hip, you know, at, at least take something off. Throw me a breaking ball. Throw a changeup. Not everything's got to be the 102-mile-an-hour fastball. It's just not going to work out that way. Uh, Jim, of the other six quarterbacks, they are down in Mobile, obviously not getting much pub whatsoever. Of the six, who would you say has impressed you? You know, out of the six this week, you know, who would get the bronze medal? I mean, the bronze medal to me would, would most likely be Luke Falk, and and Luke Falk definitely has had his share of uh, you know some like he has a little bit of issue in terms of hitting certain throws, and it kind of showed up this week. 
but he's been honestly one of the more, most consistent quarterbacks down here, you know, out of all the guys. Like every single week, whether it was Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, uh, he pretty much had, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but every, you know, every day he pretty much was doing a lot of really good things uh, mixed in with a couple meh things here and there, but but didn't really have too many high moments, didn't have too many low moments, was just pretty consistent throughout the week. And uh, a lot of guys coming out of the week, I mean, just from a couple uh, scouts here and there I was talking to, they, they said that they really see him as sort of a, you know, a, maybe not like a starter immediately, but definitely a guy to kind of develop. So I think he kind of helped himself out a lot to kind of prove to scouts that, hey, I can become like, I can be a, a developmental um, type quarterback and eventually become a starter down the line or a backup or, or what have you when it comes to him. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of what I received. I saw a couple of guys, you know, and then, you know, I received a couple of messages that was, you know, look, you know, Luke Falk, you know, whether or not he ever becomes a QB1, that's that's a question mark, but you want to know what, you look at backup quarterback number two guys, Luke Falk could be, you know, an upper echelon, one of those guys where you're not scared of the fact that, you know, a three-week stretch in, you know, late October, early November, you know, that, you know, you think he can put something in that he can handle and, you know, get you through a three-week patch. Um, and obviously, and, you know, it seems like not, it's, it's, I don't know if it is bringing up as much as it should be, uh, Luke Falk is there with probably a lot more on his head and what went on, obviously, you know, yes, he lost a teammate. Uh, you got to keep in mind, you know, positional teammates and especially quarterbacks, the amount of times you guys spend together, whether it's, you know, meetings and film, you know, Luke Falk is there with a heavy heart, so it's good to see him showing well this week as well. Uh, running back position, it's a little difficult. You know, you're not going to get so much as far as, you know, how a guy runs the ball between the tackles, this type of thing in an all-star setting. It's very difficult. You get a lot more of the receiving aspect and one-on-ones and that type of stuff. And it seems some of these guys are showing pretty well. You know, who's caught your eye? You know, who's impressed you, you know, as far as, you know, running patterns? It's, I think you get a better vibe on whether or not the guy's a receiver as opposed to a true running back in a setting like this. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, the running back position, by far the, the, the top running back to me um, in this week, the guy who just showed up the most uh, would be Kalen uh, Ballage, you know, the running back at Arizona State. Um, just looked really, in terms of outside runs, and that's the big thing about him, is just like you said, inside running, not the biggest sort of thing to kind of highlight this week. But if you're talking about a guy that you take and you have him do, I hate to say LeGarrette Blunt-esque, but, you know, Blunt has never been that great of an inside runner. I mean, that's the thing about LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, he's a big back, but he's a guy that is more of a space back. You know, he's more of a guy that kind of hits the edges of the defense. And I think with Ballage, he showed a lot of LeGarrette Blunt-type qualities. He showed a lot of qualities of a guy, uh, you know, to catch the football in the backfield and do those other sort of things. And um, he, he was just the most impressive-looking running back on the fly, on the run. Um, and I just – I mean, out of all the running backs that were here, I mean, there definitely were a lot like Ito Smith, for example. He made a, a couple big plays here and there. But Kalen Ballage was just a guy that just – when you watch the – when you watch the field and you're like, who's that guy? You know, like that, that he was that guy this week. He was that running back that you saw him on the field and you're like, whoa, who's that? You no, know, it's Kalen, you know, it's Kalen Ballage. So he definitely was the running back that kind of stood out the most this week. It's actually kind of funny the way uh, it, it's worked out because, you know, Ballage, you know, I've seen a lot of the Arizona State folks, well, wh- what happened? You ended up not using him? You know, look, it didn't work out anyway. You got Hermed was there. It's a whole new thing. But Ballage is a nice toy. Uh, Jalen Samuels, you know, a lot of the stuff I've seen, that's a guy that can run a route. I mean, it's weird that he's pitch and hold into a running back position because I think he's kind of a, 
jack of all trades type of you know offensive player. But I think he's looked really good in his routes, and you know, and Pete made a great point, Pete Smith, last night with, look, here's a guy that's going to save you a roster spot in Jalen Samuels because you can do a lot with him, and you know, as long as he can find a way to you know contribute a little bit on special teams, you know, you always want that you know 51st, 52nd, 53rd guy to be extremely versatile, and I think Jalen Samuels has proven to that point this week. Um, wide receiver, it seems like it's kind of been three guys who have kind of been the dogs of this group. You know, obviously James Washington. Jim, and I will give you credit for this, Michael Gallup has been your boy for a long, long time. Yep. He's looked very good. And Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State, I mean, you always want to see in an all-star setting, you want to see some ankle breakers. And it's great that you're breaking ankles, but, man, you better catch those balls. And these guys seem like they've been consistent all week with it, these three. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just to start with Deshaun Hamilton, uh, you know, he was a guy at the Shrine game. Looked a little bit out of sorts, I'm going to be honest. Like, he didn't really stick out that much during the Shrine Week. Uh, got the call up here, and he was just a completely different guy. So, I don't know if it was just the, the – I don't know if it was agent that got to him or just, hey, you earned this opportunity, so you better ball out. But he definitely – Or some better just, quarterback play. Or better quarterback play, that, that as well. But it was just one of those situations where he just looked like a completely different guy from the Shrine Week, man. Like, it, it was just – uh, you know, like it was just a totally different thing. But he definitely has been really impressive. Uh, James Washington, I mean, again, if you're talking about one wide receiver who just won everything, it was James Washington. He just looked like a completely different wide receiver compared to every other wide receiver. It was to the point where I'm not going to say I was bored of watching the other guys, but like James Washington's just that dude that again, you're watching the you're watching the game, you know, you're watching the practices, and you're like. Who's that guy? Like, who who is that guy? Because every single rep he had was just fantastic this week. Like, he was just that impressive, just in terms of route running ability, ability to get separation. Which um, is funny, everything. though. Which is funny because Tuesday morning he was a uh, oh my god, James Wish, James Washington is two and a quarter inches shorter than he was listed. But I mean, the arms checked out, the hands checked out. But I mean, he's put together yeah. a phenomenal week. But get to your boy Gallup. I know you want to gloat a little bit, James. You deserve it. Absolutely. Michael Gallup has been fantastic as well. Uh, he's been showing the – I mean, the biggest thing with Michael Gallup this week is he's shown a lot of speed. He's one of the faster wide receivers here. Just just watching him, uh, you know, move and run routes and just get his get his uh, stuff going. And I think that was the biggest thing a lot of people had questions about is, you know, can he create separation against uh, cornerbacks deep? And he's done that this week. So, he, I mean, Gallup has done everything imaginable – uh, to kind of show that. Uh, the LSU wide receiver as well, he's another guy that definitely has been impressive in terms Shark. of route running ability. Uh, yeah, Shark. And uh, even Cedric Wilson, man, from Boise State. He's made a couple plays here and there, some in the red zone, you know, very tough catches. But, um, but again, for me, the top wide receiver that's here that's just even more impressive than Gallup is just James Washington. Like, he's he just extremely impressive uh, in terms of just everything he was able to do this week. And I think... He, I mean, first round, who knows? But definitely a guy that I think has earned the most uh, impression out of every wide receiver that's here is James Washington. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I did uh, one message I did receive today is is I want a forty time on James Washington. If I get the forty time I want, he's a first round player. That's you know that's how effective he was this week. And you know just I mean he was it was it, and like you said it was ridiculous. Every time it was a James, it was James Washington. All right, broke the guy within a five yard perimeter, was open and caught the ball. To the house, really, really impressive week for him. Uh, tight ends. Cleveland doesn't need really anybody, but give me your all-star through the uh, uh, first three days here. 
Uh, yeah, in terms of tight ends, the the big one that's I mean honestly the big one that stuck out this week by far was Mike Jasicki, you know tight end out of Penn Jersey State. Boy. Yep, Jersey boy. Uh, but yeah, he he's been very impressive in terms of blocking, very impressive just in terms of really soft hands. It was stuff that was on film too, uh, because the thing about tight ends you don't really get a chance to see a ton of route running with them. Uh, you know when you when you have offensive coordinators are just not that creative. You know they're just doing a flat route here and. You know, a little dig here, and I think with him, he just showed the most ability to change up his routes. Uh, show be a little bit more deceptive, and I think that was the big thing with him this week. Is he's a guy who can really move, guy that has really soft hands, and I think out of all the tight ends this week, he's he's the big guy here. Other guys, I mean, Troy Fumagalli, uh, you know, from Wisconsin, uh, he's a guy that has made a couple plays here and there, had some drop issues too. Tyler Conklin, another guy that's kind of had some drop issues as well but I mean if there's one tight end that I think was the most impressive just in terms of watching the drills and everything else like that it was Jasicki because he just kind of was able to do it all and showed route running ability that he just didn't really see on film because they didn't ask him to do a ton of that at Penn State for the most part. Okay thank you James. Uh, guys obviously uh, I'm going to promote the you know Locked On Patriots, Locked On Eagles. Uh, Mark Schofield does a great job at Locked On Patriots, Locked On Eagles. Michael Kiss, Benjamin Solick, the guys work really hard. Uh, look, everybody else is in off-season mode. These guys, all three of them are down in Mobile, covering the Senior Bowl. Kind of double-dipping, obviously, with the Super Bowl on the horizon. So uh, check out for all the work on both guys. Uh, I, you know, All three guys, the show's Locked On Patriots, Locked On Eagles. Uh, guys are really excited and, you know, by, you know, basically working their tails off right now. So go ahead and give the shows a listen. Jim, offensive line, I, I think this may be... This is probably the best group that is down in Mobile. Uh, I think the small schoolers have showed well. Uh, you get a young man in you know Toth, uh, Toth out of Army who is, you know, for a guy who's team through sixty five passes this season, looks like he's you know really really you know getting it and, and putting in the effort. Uh, but offensive line in a whole, I mean, you know, you want to highlight a couple of guys here, but I, I, this is probably the best positional group that is down there this week. Oh yeah, I mean, offensive line wise. It's it's been a treat, man. You know, Will Hernandez, you know, is that dude. Um, he's a guy that, I mean, I don't want to say I told you certain things like that, but I mean, to me, the guard position was Quentin Nelson. I mean, Quentin Nelson is my boy, is my top guard, but right behind him was from my high school. Exactly, exactly. But but Will Hernandez very impressive this week. Very good hand usage. He and moves just really, well. He moves well. He moves really well. Um, and, and just a masher, man, just a mauler, just a mean, angry guy. He kind of um, remind, reminds me when you saw uh, John, uh, was it Jonathan Morton? He's going to knock you to the ground, yep. help you up, and then knock you to the ground again. Yep, that's exactly what he's going to do, man. <laughs> um, he definitely has the mentality. But, I mean, it's not just him. Just like you said, Tote, uh, very impressive as well, uh, and especially for a guy that, you know, he was a little bit rusty for in terms of pass protection because he just didn't have to do it that much. But um, has been a fast learner, pick, has been picking up things very quickly here. Uh, you know, another guy that's very like that. Terrell Crosby as well has been pretty impressive. Brian O'Neill uh, from Pittsburgh. Brandon Parker. Isaiah Wynn, you know, from Georgia. Uh, another guy that's, that's been very impressive this week. Uh, very powerful guy. Another mean. That's the, thing, that's the thing I really like about this offensive line group is uh, – they do not care. Uh, they're very, uh, you know, very aggressive, uh, very no nonsense bunch of guys, and uh, they've, they've, you know, they've really shown up this week. 
Uh, I, I will get to this, uh, Jim. Obviously, uh, you know Marcus Davenport, you know, came in pretty hyped here. Uh, you know, I had Dane Brugler on. I, I think it was maybe early November. He started the the rush for Davenport. He came into this week. I think almost came into this week with a lot of pressure on him. I know the first two days didn't go so well, but today now we're getting to the defense side of the ball. You know, if things started to click today. He looked a lot better. Looked a little more comfortable. Correct. Yeah, um, he showed a little bit more speed and explosiveness. He still has issues in terms of hand usage. He still has issues in terms of footwork. I mean, yeah, I mean, guys have to understand, he was a really productive player, but he played at ETSA, you know, and there was a lot of things on film with him that even though he was really productive, there's just a lot of rawness to his game. And I think this was the first week where I think coaching really kind of, you know, got to him, you know, a little bit where he kind of improved a bit and kind of did his thing, but... I mean, all the hype in terms of, you know, a top 15 pick and other sort of things, I think it's a little rich. He reminds me of, you know, the the Villanova uh, edge guy that we had at the Senior Bowl last year where people were going, you know, goo-goo-ga-go over his size and length and his other sort of things, but then was just utterly raw. And I think with Davenport, he's a little bit better uh, than him, but definitely a guy that I would not necessarily say is a day one prospect. You know, more of a raw kind of guy. Uh, who has the size profile the NFL teams are looking for. But definitely today he did show some uh, improvement compared to Tuesday and Wednesday where, honestly, he just rarely had any wins and reps. Like, he lost a lot this week in terms of just one-on-one reps. Just not that impressive on Tuesday or Wednesday. All right, now highlight one or two guys on the defensive line who actually, you know, didn't get their butt speed all week. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Puna Ford uh, was definitely that guy. Uh who was pretty impressive, uh, a guy that was also at the Shrine game, uh, you know, defense tackle from Texas, uh, Nathan Shepard. Now, unfortunately, he did break his hand on Wednesday, uh, but he was killing it, man. He killed it in the weigh-in. I mean, he, he looked, you know, physically imposing in terms of the weigh-in um, and definitely kind of showed up uh, during the week. Uh, both the North Carolina State guys, uh, you know, uh, B.J. Hill, and I think they had another guy from North Carolina State, but both those guys have looked explosive. They've looked powerful. They've just looked the part. I guess the last guy for me would be Harrison Phillips uh, from Stanford, um, another guy that interviews off the field really, really well. And during you know during Tuesday and Wednesday, definitely was kind of showing his strides and stuff like that. Um, Thursday, you know, again, the offensive lineman kind of cut up to caught up to him a little bit on Thursday in terms of Harrison Phillips, but. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, did sh- it was pretty impressive just in terms of his overall ability uh, to create some pressure and, and get in the backfield. All right. Um, give me one or two linebackers. It seems the linebacker crew hasn't been that fantastic, but maybe one or two guys who you know caught your eye. Sure. Uh, I think in terms of linebackers that are here, Juwan Bentley uh, from Purdue, um, he's one of the linebackers that's here that's looked really fluid in terms of coverage. Um, and it's just a tough overall, overall uh, you know, player that's, that's been down here uh, in coverage. And then the last guy, I know he's a North Dakota State guy, but uh, Nick DeLuca, mainly because of footwork. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy here. He doesn't move the best here, but he's a guy who just has really, really great footwork, knows how to put his body in the right position, um, knows how to get himself in, in position in terms of coverage in other areas. And I think he's he showed a lot more polish um, out of a lot of the linebackers that are here, and which, which was the main thing that kind of made me impressed with him during the week, uh, was just his his about his uh, you know his polish, I guess, as a 
uh, as a linebacker in general in terms of footwork and you know, those other sort of areas. Uh, guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns, episode 153. I have uh, my man Jim Coburn here, at Jim Metrics on Twitter. Uh, Jim's work is fantastic. He covers it from a fil- film analysis standpoint. Does it from the, uh, you know, obviously from time speed, uh, statistical analysis. It all blends together. He's able to give you who a player compares to by statistics, by the way of his size and his time speed, play, uh, obviously, you know, his play on the field. Uh, one of my favorite follows, you know, one of the guys I've been, you know, me and Jim have done a lot of work for a lot of years together. One of the guys I appreciate the most, uh, Locked On Draft, Trevor Sakema, John Ledger, down in Mobile as well. Guys, listen to the show. Those guys are doing really good work as well. By all means, give those guys your time. Jim, I'm going to do this as far as the secondary. I'm going to do this. Give me a starting secondary. Give me two cornerbacks. Give me a strong safety. Give me a guy you're going to put at free safety of the guys you saw this week. Build me a secondary out of the guys that you've seen this week. Who you go, who you ready to go to bat with? Sure. Uh, I think, well, first off, I'd have Sierra Neal uh, at cornerback. Because uh, he was he was the he was one of the guys that actually caught up to James Washington a bit, got some good reps in um, against him. Uh, Didn't the get other as much money stolen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, MJ Stewart uh, from North Carolina, he's been one of those guys that's been very consistent this week as well um, throughout the entire week. Uh, in terms of safeties, the two for me would be Armani Watts. Uh, at a Texas A&M, and then the second one would be Trayvon Henderson from Hawaii. I think both those guys um, showed a lot of just, you know, football intelligence and showed they could hit, showed they could do a lot of different things. But I think those those have been the two main guys that I've seen this week that uh, just showed general all-around ability, um, tackling ability, et cetera, this week would be those two guys in terms of the safeties. And, and again, it's really hard to stick out as a safety at these events yep. um, because – you know, you're not, you know, you are getting one-on-ones occasionally, but not all the time. And, it's, and it's, so hard, it's so hard in these D-backs to win a one-on-one. I mean, they run it from the 50. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, it's like playing tag in a big open park. I mean, you should be able to find a way to get open, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I just look at it as a tackling, you know, how well you close on guys and stuff like that is what a lot of scouts are looking for in those uh, types of things. Um but yeah, I mean, but to me, Armani Watson and Trayvon Henderson would be the safeties, and then Sierra Neal and MJ Stewart would be the cornerbacks. If I was going to build a safety out of the guys, uh, a secondary out of the guys that are here, it would be those four. All right, uh, James. Before I let you go, uh, give me one guy that we did not get to today. Oh, actually, you know what? I want to ask this guy first before we do that. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, UCF. I mean, obviously, he's a tough evaluation because this is a different thing. Nobody. We, we haven't been down this road before. Crazy production, crazy motor, crazy heart. I know the coaching staff is trying to do a good job showing him, because he is a tweener. I mean, if you want to take all that out of the equation, he is a tweener and a body type. But everything about the guy just says, look, you want to find a way to get him on your roster. Um, I don't know if you've seen enough. We probably haven't seen enough from him in other positions, but... What can you do with him? I mean, he's probably he, he, he's some sort of chess piece, right, if you're going to put him on the field because you don't necessarily know from the offensive standpoint what exactly he's going to do. Absolutely. I mean, to me, he's he's like that classic 4-3 Sam linebacker, man. You know, like the, those 80s era, uh, you know, he, he's basically your most athletic 
uh, your strongest, you know, linebacker and who kind of does a little bit of everything, rushes the passer, uh, drops back into coverage, does his thing. And um, I think with him, I mean, NFL teams, I hate to say it's because he only has one hand again. Um, so they're like, well, how is he going to work out? But I think this is a guy that if he doesn't go to the combine, it would be a real shame because yeah, that, needs to change. that needs to change immediately. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He was a second team All-American. He was. And, but, and, but the reason why I say he should be invited to come is I think he'll test pretty well. Like, he looks fast on film. He looks explosive. He looked explosive down here. Uh, the bench press might be a little awkward <laughs> for the most part, but all, right, all just, the other and, Oh, admit that, yeah. Bart. I mean, look, we learned about this with, you know, because I remember with Jason Pierre-Paul, we learned about this. You know, that was the first thing I said. How is he going to keep up his upper body strength? And look, obviously Jason Pierre has made it work to the point where he got a contract extension. So there are ways around it. So, but go ahead. Absolutely, man. I mean, with, with Griffin, I mean, he's looked fantastic this week. Um, he's looked fantastic on film. He's been ultra productive. As far as a role, like I said, if you have a 4-3 defense and you need a 4-3 Sam, like a traditional 4-3 Sam linebacker who, you know, rushes the passer, drops back into coverage. Uh, I don't want to, like, say he's Sasan Reddick all over again, but in many ways that would be how you would use him, you know, and he would bring a lot of value to your defense that way. And um, I just think it amazes me that, yeah, he only has one hand, but that's the point. He only has one hand and he's still balling out. You know, so at least give him a shot, you know, because I think you could have a start on your hands, uh, which would be even more of a story at the NFL level to have a guy who only has one hand and he's able to play at the NFL level because I think he definitely has the talent to do it. Well, and the thing with him, as opposed to Jason Pierre-Paul, is he's been this way for 18 years. It's this is it's not like it's new to him. It's, you know, how do I deal with this? He's dealt with this for 18 years. I mean, if you're four years old, you don't remember being four years old. He's always remembered being this way. So, you know, and look, the NFL, get your shit together, and I hate to curse, but get your shit together. Get him to the combine. It's disgusting that he does not have an invite. Um, but, Jim, where we originally started with this, uh, give me one guy that we did not hit here tonight that you feel bad about and you want to make sure that you got the guy's name out there. Absolutely. I mean, the last guy I would mention, and he was a, he was a late call-up, but Blau Nichols, uh, the defensive tackle from Delaware, um, he's a guy that was at the Shrine game, and it's a little bit of that because I saw him at the Shrine game the entire week. Uh, but he was a guy who got the late call up due to Nathan Shepard getting injured, and he was fantastic today. Uh, very, very good in terms of his individual reps today. And I think even though it was only one day worth worth of practice for him, I think he showed a lot this you know today, and I think he showed a lot during the Shrine week that he could end up being uh, a very impactful uh, defense tackle at the next level if he gets a shot. All right, great. Uh, Jim, uh, we did an offensive side of the draft show. Uh, you owe me a defensive side before we hit uh, you know, hit the combine. Uh, so we're going to have to get that in soon. And obviously, you know, for a guy like James Coburn, who is, you know, big, you know, obviously, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a time speed and breaking everything down, you know, uh, as far as, you know, that type of thing and showing you how players stack up against players 30 years before them. That's what Jim brings you. So, uh, you know, combine just brings you the full package of Jim's work. But, look, until you get there, every stop across the way, Jim is one of my favorite guys to talk with. Jim, I appreciate your time here this evening, my friend. Oh, what, what was the what, – what were you saying again? I'm sorry. No, I was just complimenting you. I wanted to thank you for your time. Oh. Uh, where are we headed? Where, where are you headed for food? Where are you going? What are you getting tonight? Where I'm heading for food, uh, I'm at the Flipped, flipped Out Kitchen, which is in Mobile. But they – 
they have a lot of bowl selection. It's a lot. It's uh, it's kind of like one of those fusion restaurants, but it's really good. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, you basically like build a bowl with meat and other stuff like that. So it, it's kind of a fun place to go to. Well, you don't need anything else past the meat, Jim. So just go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jim, as always, thanks so much. Uh, you know, you know, obviously, have you back? You know, many times here before the drafts uh, draft uh, unfolds. Uh, Jim, uh, James Colburn, guys, my buddy Jim, at Jim Metrics on Twitter, guys, check out the YouTube feed. Follow him. Look, you guys don't realize the resource and all the stuff that Jim brings. One of the most underrated guys in you know the you know, the football Twitter, draft Twitter community. Uh, I've been with him a long time. It, it, it's great to see the work that he's putting out because I know the effort he puts in. It's it, it's really good stuff. Locked on Browns, episode one fifty three. Uh, you know the Senior Bowl coverage here, guys. Appreciate. Everybody, you know, follow the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Follow at Jim Metrics, my buddy Jim. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Appreciate everybody for your time. Everybody have a great night. Go Browns. We'll see you guys tomorrow night.